630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, just one game in the NHL tonight. It is about to get underway. The Blue Jackets taking on the Blackhawks. Columbus 3-2-3. The Blackhawks 2-3-3. A lot of overtime between those two teams. Toronto Raptors in action against Sacramento. It is 33-24 for the Kings with 10 seconds left in the first quarter. The NHL has postponed the next two games for the Vegas Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks. Golden Knights defenseman Alex Petrangelo and three coaches are in the NHL's COVID-19 protocol and unavailable. Vegas also had a game against St. Louis that had been scheduled for last night and postponed. Some of your news and notes to get you started today. The next action for the Edmonton Oilers is tomorrow as they will try to snap what is now a two-game losing streak after the loss to the Leafs last night. Tomorrow, 3.30 for the face-off show, the game at 5 against the Leafs, and then Ottawa is here on Sunday. Of course, that is on 6.30, Chet, as well. 5.30 face-off show, the game will start at 7. I'll tell you what, I'm looking for a participant tonight to kind of play a little game with me, if you like, at 780-496-0063. You cannot win anything. Perhaps we'll be able to get you a canned ham once the pandemic is over, and I can go around dropping off all the canned hams that are owed to people. But it's just a little bit of an experiment to go along with a thought here that I'm going to develop over the first part of the show tonight. So if you're not shy... And it's pretty simple. All you're going to have to do is say yes or no. I I will not embarrass you. It is somewhat of a test of hockey knowledge, but it's a relatively difficult and somewhat uh, obscure uh, set of information. So, you know, again, if if you're feeling a little brave and you're not shy and you want to have some fun with old Wilkie on a Friday night, that sounded weird. Anyway, 780-496-0063, and you can dive in. All you'll have to do is say yes or no. And again, there's there's no right or wrong answer. It's just I, I want to see, uh, I want to do a little, little bit of an experiment here. And again, I, I will not embarrass you if if you don't know these names or, you know, some of the names. It doesn't really matter. We, we have somebody on the line, Kellen. We, we do. Have, we have Craig. Okay, bring Craig onto the show. Craig, happy Friday. How are you doing, buddy? Good, you? Good. Thanks for doing this. So you must trust me, so I appreciate that. Because, again, I'm, it, we're, we're going to have some laughs here, but you're, uh, you're not going to be embarrassed because I'll tell you what, if I would have done Boy this... my it, life. <laughs> if somebody would have done this to me, I would have uh, not, not known very many of the names that I'm going to mention. Now, Craig, do you mind me asking uh, what... Um, I, I, you know, I know it's insensitive to ask somebody their their age, but are you? Uh, you're what? Birthday, my birthday was two weeks ago. I'm fifty three. You're fifty three, so you're you're a little older than me. I'm I'm forty six, so you obviously were around for the Oilers' heyday in the nineteen eighties. Are you a longtime Albertan? Since seventy nine, my friend. And are you an Oilers fan? No, I mean Oilers fan since seventy nine. Yeah, born and raised Alberta. Okay, and and you would would you describe yourself as like relatively knowledgeable Oilers fan, like average or better knowledge of the team? Average. Okay, so let let's just do this and, and see how we do. I'm gonna list off. Of, I'm actually gonna do 31 names. So bear with me, and I'll pause after each name, and you just have to say yes or no whether you have heard of that person. Okay. 
That's all you have to do. I've heard of him. Yeah, as if you've just heard the name and and know and know who it might be. Okay. And then then I'll tell you. Then I'll explain to you and everybody why we're doing this. Okay. So first name. So again, just say yes or no after each name. Mike Power. No. Greg Louder. No. Andrew Veneer. No. Evgeny Beloshakin. No. Joaquin Gage. Yes. Jeremy Jablonski. No. no for, okay, Chris Wickenheiser. Chris Wickenheiser, not Doug. <laughs> there must no? be okay. question. <laughs> uh, Mike Menard. No. John Holtberg. Yes. You have heard of Holtberg, okay. Uh, Alexander Fomachev. Yes. Okay. Uh, Patrick Dovigi. Yes. Oh, wow, you're doing pretty well. Mike Morrison. No. Christian Antila. I'll say no. Okay. (laughs) I don't blame you. Adam Hauser. No. Okay, it's getting a little more recent now. UC Markinen. Yes. Glenn Fisher. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, played for the Fort Saskatchewan Traders. Uh, here's a here's one you probably will know. Jeff Druin Delorier. <laughs> yeah, I gotta say yes. I guess. Okay. <laughs> That's a uh, uh, Bjorn Bjerling. I think I'm saying that no. right. I'm gonna put you down for a no. Uh, Devin Dubnik. Yes. Brian Pitten. No. Olivier Waugh. No. Tyler Buns. No. <laughs> Franz Tuohima. No again. Samu Perahonen or Perhonen. No. Okay. Uh, Kevin Bouchard. Yes. Okay. Not the not the current Bouchard that's on the team. This is Kevin Bouchard. Oh. He... Okay. Sorry. No. <laughs> okay. Zach Nagelvort. Ooh, that almost rings a bell, that one. Okay. Uh, I'll say yes. Okay, yeah, University of Michigan. Miroslav Savoda, not Peter Savoda from the Canadians. Miroslav Savoda, okay. Dylan Wells? No. Stuart Skinner? Yes. Yeah, currently on the roster. Olivier Rodrigue? No. And Ilya Kanovalov? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. okay, here's the thing, Craig, and I'll just, I'll just leave you on the line here for a second. Those, sure. are the th- those are the 31 goaltenders that the Edmonton Oilers have drafted since 1990. Wow. You, you've heard of 10 of them, which is, isn't bad, it's, which isn't bad. 31 goaltenders they've drafted since night, but but the large majority, you're like, I have no idea who that guy is, and you're a pretty big hockey well, I'm fan. I'm surprised you got the mouth, the, the, the names out of your mouth. <laughs> so so there, there's a little experiment. So, Craig, first of all, thank you for doing that, and thank you for listening. I, thanks for participating. Hey. We'll try to get you a canned ham at some point, but I'm going to make the no, rest of my point now. No, don't worry about the canned ham. My employer can't even send me a Christmas card. And just for the record... <laughs> My uh, my uh, my old 
um, cabinet stereo here is welded on uh, 630, Chad. And well, we appreciate that. Good work. We appreciate that, Craig. Thank you very much Take for care, participating. Take care, guys. And drive safe and uh, be safe out there, everybody in Absolutely. Edmonton. Let's get there hockey back at Edmonton with some fans. Let's do that. That is Craig checking in tonight. So, and thanks for being a loyal Ched listener. So here, now, why am I doing this? Besides the fact that I, this is a weird show. So last night on Overtime Open Line, we had somebody call in. And we we obviously were talking about a lot about Koskinen, who's having to play a ton. And, you know, again, I think Miko Koskinen is an NHL goaltender. Do I think he's the number one NHL goaltender? Uh, I do not. Do I think he could probably be a decent backup that who maybe could play 30%, even 40% of his team ga- team's games? Yeah, probably. But but he needs relief, and he doesn't, you know, seem to be the guy in net. So somebody called in last night and said the Oilers haven't had a good goaltender since Grant Fuhr and Bill Ranford. Well, I don't I don't think that's correct because I think Dwayne Rolson was pretty good. I think Curtis Joseph was pretty good. I think Tommy Salo was pretty good. Um, I think Cam Talbot had pretty good two-year span. But still, point taken, the Oilers haven't had a goaltender who's been the guy for six years, eight years, 10 years, you know, 12 years. Like there's nobody where it's been, well, Montreal's goalies carry price. Everybody just knows Montreal's goalies carry price. That's that's the way it is. That's the way it's been for a long time. It'll sound weird when it isn't. Until this year, the New York Rangers goalie is Henrik Lundqvist. That's, that's just the way it is. He's, he's a good goalie. Of course, he's their goalie. The Oilers have not had that caliber of goalie where you just know, well, that's that's the number one guy. They might, they might have a different backup every couple of years, but but that's the guy. So fair enough. They, they haven't had that guy seize the role for a long time, though they have had good goalies and good seasons by goalies along the way. But what they haven't had is a homegrown goalie that they have drafted be that guy for an extended period of time. So you just heard the list of the 31 goalies they've drafted since 1990. You heard Jeremy Jablonski. You heard Adam Hauser, who, by the way, did play a game in the NHL. It was for the Los Angeles Kings. You know, you, you heard you, you heard Olivier Waugh, who was a pretty good prospect after being drafted in 2009, never played a minute in the NHL. And, and you heard some of the guys who, you know, UC, UC Markin has a shutout in the Stanley Cup final. That makes him one of the best goalies on this list. So I listed off all these guys. 31 goalies back to 1990. Because I wanted to see, okay, how have they actually done? So a few things. The last goalie drafted by the Oilers to play in the NHL and also the only goalie drafted by the Oilers since Devin Dubnik to play in the NHL was Tyler Buns, who I actually talked to this afternoon as I was putting together this list, and he got a bit of a chuckle out of it. Tyler Buns was drafted 121st overall in the fifth round in 2010. And Tyler Buns, you may remember, played one game in the NHL. As a matter of fact, he played exactly one period of a blowout loss to the Los Angeles Kings in Los Angeles. He allowed three goals on 12 shots. So since Devin Dubnik was drafted in 2004, the Oilers have got 20 minutes of action out of home gold goaltenders. Now, perhaps we look at the recent four guys and say maybe they're going to get time out of Dylan Wells, Stuart Skinner. Maybe Stuart Skinner plays this weekend. Olivier Rodrigue, Ilya Kanovalov, maybe four or five years from now we're saying, okay, this is the homegrown guy they've been waiting for. So, you know, we'll, we'll see with those guys. 
But some of these guys, high picks, some mid-round picks, some throw-in picks late in the draft, but very few played. So that Tyler Bunn's the last guy to play. Of those 31, eight of them played in the NHL. Seven of them played for the Oilers. I mentioned Adam Hauser. He played in the NHL. He played one game for the Los Angeles Kings. So we got 31 goaltenders drafted in 30 years. We got seven of them played for the team they were drafted for, the Oilers. You got Devin Dubnik, who played 171 games. Here's the games played by the other guys. I mentioned Tyler Buns, one game, 20 minutes. Jeff Delorier, 58 games. UC Markinen, 102 plus games in the Stanley Cup final in 06. Mike Morrison, 21 games. Mike Menard, exactly one game. He won it. He allowed three goals. Joaquin Gage, 23 games. So, Devin Dubnik, 171 games. The other seven goalies combined who were drafted by the Oilers since 1990, 206 games. So you got about 40% of the action uh, belongs to Dubnik over the last 30 years. Now, we've done things like this before on this show. Other media and fans and bloggers have analyzed the Oilers' poor draft history. So here we are looking into the most important position on the ice. And as great as Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon and whoever else you want to talk about, it, so much of it comes down to goaltending because you play the entire game, and if you're really good, you play almost every game as well. So the Oilers have not had that backstop. They haven't been able to draft that backstop and or develop that backstop, and thus they've been looking for other goalies to fill the hole while trying to develop guys who haven't panned out. Now again, maybe Wells, maybe Skinner, maybe Rodrigue, maybe Konovalov are going to be that guy someday, and who knows if we see Skinner this weekend or not. I think that's a tough situation to throw the young man into, but Koskinen has played uh, played the entire season so far. So that's that's the, the little experiment uh, for this evening and how what I spent the afternoon doing, listing off all these names, probably misspelling some of them, even though I was copying them off the screen, uh, from, you know, uh, Patrick Davigi to uh, Christian Antilla, to Glenn Fisher, who, by the way, I covered his games when he played in the Alberta Junior Hockey League. So Dubnik, again, uh, I even wrote down the minutes played. Dubnik, 9,500 minutes. All the other goalies combined, 8,700 minutes. So actually, in terms of games played, uh, Dubnik was beaten out. But in terms of minutes, he ha- he has the most minutes. So there you go. <laughs> Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. If you would like to talk about this, maybe you have a you'd like to share a memory of one of those goaltenders. Uh, was it not uh, Mike Morrison that used to go in for for shootouts when when Mac T was the coach for a while there? That was before I was covering the team, but I think that was the guy. And we will talk about the penalty killing. We will talk about other issues affecting the Edmonton Oilers as they're off to a three and six start. It's Inside Sports on six thirty, Chad. All right. 
right, there's the Nuge. Full practice for the Oilers today. 18 forwards, 9-D, two goalies on the ice. Miko Koskinen, not one of them. Stuart Skinner and Troy Grosnick were the goaltenders as Koskinen got a bit of a break today. He's played every game so far for Edmonton. Uh, listening to the show tonight, the producer of Oilers now with Bob Stoffer, the one and only Brendan Escott, who has been inspired to call in after hearing my list of Oilers goaltenders drafted since 1990. Escott, I, now this, I'm, I'm curious. So I, what could what could inspire you from that list of mostly forgotten names <laughs> to prompt a call into Inside Sports? Well, Reid, uh, as part of Oilers now, I have to prep this day in Oilers history. When you drop the name Mike Morrison, that aligns perfectly with this day in 2006. This was a wild game. The, uh, the Oilers were down uh, playing the Phoenix Coyotes, who at the time were coached by, of course, Wayne Gretzky. The game, Reid, was 3-2 uh, Coyotes in the final second, literally, uh, Marty Reisner wins the faceoff with 2.2 seconds left. Chris Pronger hammers it home with 0.3 seconds left in this game. And then Mike Morrison, the shootout specialist, gets it done, uh, opposing Curtis Joseph, who was suiting up for Wayne Gretzky and the Coyotes at the time. So I, I heard you drop Mike Morrison, and I figured that just fit too perfectly into uh, into what we were talking a little about today. But that was that was the list, and you know. I was sitting there and I was trying to piece together what the theme was. And then it took me until we got to about Jeff, uh, Drew and Delorier. And I figured, okay, these all sound like, like homegrown talents that never made it very far. And, and sure enough, here we are. Well, Mike Morrison actually had a record of 10, four and two in 21 appearances. And he was the, the, the so-called shootout specialist that, that Mac T was, was using for a while. So that there's a, an interesting name. And, uh, yeah, I just thought after that call last night, I was like, I wonder, because, you know, I, I can't remember everything. I, I got I to look stuff up. So I went through this list of Jenny Bellow-Shaken, I'm pretty sure was one of the goaltenders on the 1987 Soviet Union team that Canada beat in that epic Canada Cup. I know that was uh, obviously before your time, and I guess it's getting before the time of a lot of people. But, I mean, it is interesting. I mean, Joaquin Gage is uh, in town. Jeff Delory is in town. Uh, Tyler Buns is in town, and I talked to both Gage and Buns while I was putting this list together, and they and they actually kind of got a got a kick out of it. So anyway, thanks for thanks for that tidbit, Escott. That is and and a that, a buzzer beater, right? Not a win, but a buzzer beater to tie. Exactly, and, and something that Wayne Gretzky, I'm just reading the quote here, he called it uh, the most disheartening loss that a group had suffered in his 25 years of hockey. So that says something just given what was going on in that particular game at that particular time. And Pronger, again, with 0.3 seconds left. What was Dreisaitl's buzzer beater the other night? 0.7, Pronger with 0.3. That is Brendan Escott chipping in tonight on Inside Sports. Uh, a little bit from Cam Moon when we get back. You'll hear some comments from Dave Tippett after today's practice. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Let me start over. Blue Jackets leading the Blackhawks 1-0 late in the first period. Bjorkstrand has the goal in that one. Sacramento 
leading the Raptors 58-47, three and a half minutes left in the first half. That's the only uh, only NHL game tonight is that one between Columbus and Chicago. Oilers and Leafs tomorrow, 3.30 face-off show here on 6.30. Ched, the game will start at 5. Dave Tippett today on Miko Koskinen, having played all nine games for the Oilers. Yeah, we don't have much uh, much choice right now. I mean, Skinner is a young guy that he's practiced hard, worked hard, but has you know no experience in the NHL. So we'll uh, continue to try to push Koski here, and we'll see. We'll go game by game and see how he's doing. And uh, but we, uh, you know, that's that's just where we're at right now. All right, that's where they're at right now. Continue to push Koski. Uh, Tippett has said it's it's game by game with the goaltenders, but he did mention there Stuart Skinner, a young guy with no NHL experience. Troy Grostick is an older guy with two games of NHL experience and a lot of minor league experience. I'm not sure. I mean, he just practiced with the team for the first time today. Not sure if he can play a game on the weekend, but we'll see. I was giving you a list of the 31 goaltenders the Oilers have drafted since 1990. It prompted Brendan Escott to call into the show. It has had the same inspirational movement on Cam Moon, play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Oilers on 630 Shed and the Oilers Radio Network. Cam, you were listening to that list of names and apparently getting quite giddy. Oh, that was good stuff. That was I knew exactly where you're going. As soon as you fired out the Jeremy Jablonski, I knew exactly where this was going. Pure gold, Reed. Pure gold. Okay, so which names are, were of a special interest to you or well, inspiration? Well, Jeremy Jablonski, because we did work uh, goalie school together for Bill Ranford, Sylvan Lake, and Jeremy lives in Red Deer, and I know him. So there is that. Uh, Joaquin Gage, who, who I know, and, and uh, I remember once uh, living in Northeast Edmonton. My dad was uh, on business. He was in Calgary, and I remember... The Oilers were playing that night in Calgary. I phoned my dad. I phoned my dad and said, "Hey, I'm going to grab some tickets, and we're going to the game tonight." I'm in Edmonton at the time, of course. And uh, hey, do you remember uh, Dale Mason? Uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, one of my best buddies. He played for the U of A Bears. But him and I worked at the goalie school in Sylvan Lake uh, back in the day. He played in Kamloops at that time. Mace and I went to Londonderry Mall, grabbed some tickets because you had to get like physical tickets back then. And you could buy, we bought the tickets. We drove to Calgary, uh, went to the game with my dad. And then uh, Mace and I just drove back to Edmonton. And Joaquin Gage played in that game, Reed. And uh, I, I was excited that Joaquin was playing because I knew he was a WHL guy and all that. I didn't really know him at that time, but. I've, since uh, I've got to know him, I know how good a dude he is. So, yeah, that's that's why you were firing out the names. I was loving it. And Fomachev, uh, he oh, was yeah. mostly Hitman, was he not? Yeah, he won a WHL championship with the uh, with Calgary Hitman in '99. They lost the Memorial Cup final in overtime. Uh, Fomachev, who played a year with the St. Albert Saints before he went to the Calgary Hitman, and then I think his 20 year old year played with the Seattle Thunderbirds. Real good goaltender, not a big guy, super athletic. And, yeah, he was a big part of that, that Hitman team. That's right. He was an Oiler pick. That, that name, that spurred another memory as well. Yeah, you were, you were hitting all the criteria today here. 
and uh, and and Tyler Buns, who I, I, I again I talked to this this afternoon, and he kind of got a chuckle out of the fact he's the most huh. recent guy on this list to have played in the NHL, and he was kind of like, "What? My twenty minutes?" And I said, "Yes, your your twenty minutes." I mean, he was he he was for sure WHL goalie of the year. Was he CHL goalie of the year as well? He, he was an awesome junior. Yeah, you know, I don't know that for sure. He might have been. I all I remember about Tyler Buns, and this is all I needed to remember was a uh, 2011 playoff series between the Red Deer Rebels and the Medicine Hat Tigers. Uh, second round series, uh, the Rebels had took out the Oil Kings in the first round. And Red Deer had a really good team. That was Ryan Nugent Hopkins' uh, 17-year-old year. And the Medicine Hat Tigers win that second round series in five games, despite getting outshot in, I think, every game. Darcy Kemper in goal for Red Deer. But uh, Tyler Buns was unbelievable he was so good in that series i he was the biggest factor in that series i thought red deer had uh, a little more firepower uh just he was the difference buns was unbelievable was uh, four years with the tigers and uh i can't say enough about how good a junior he was because he was very good all right uh two more for the orders this weekend uh i mean i i suspect from what Tippett said, and again, you're putting Skinner into an awful situation, you know, and, and hey, I know there's plenty of stories of goaltenders getting their first start and being awesome. And you know what? If this team was six and three and Koskin was looking tired, maybe you do sure. give him his first start. I, I don't I don't know if you do that on a three and six team. I believe Dave Tippett when he says they're taking this game by game and I think this will get looked at Costco will go tomorrow and they will look at it after the game and it'll depend on how the team played how Koskinen played how he's feeling uh, how good gross Nick and Skinner have been in practice like there's a lot of factors in here if you think for a second that they're going to predetermine this uh, a day out before uh, before they play I I don't see how or why you would. Uh, I think that it all will get looked at after the game tomorrow. So they'll, but I, I mean, there's too many factors into play. And there's, you don't really need to make a decision prior to that anyway. So, yeah, I think it'll get looked at after the game. Uh, we were at practice today. It, it looks like, and, and again, things can change, but, I guess I'll say possibly the same lineup as yesterday, except Ennis in for Nygaard on the fourth line, uh, probably an optional skate tomorrow. So we may not get any more information in the morning. Uh, I think you have, uh, you're calling Sunday's game. Jack's back behind the mic on the radio tomorrow. That is my understanding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll, you'll do whatever we tell that. you when you get to the rink, right? Hey, I don't believe anything. You can tell me that's how it's going to be. And I still won't trust it till I get there. But yes, that is my understanding. That's amazing. Well, yeah, you're going to every game, so I guess if we uh, put a headset on you, you'll you'll do whatever. So that's oh, that's I'm ready to go. Great. Yeah, I'm ready to go if you need me. But but I'm I'm under the understanding I'll start on the bench tomorrow. Are you? Uh, I mean, last here's the thing: they've lost six games. I'm just telling you what I think, and then you can tell me if that's if you agree or not. They've oh. lost six games. Uh, they got crushed in one by the Canadians. And then I look at all the other ones, and I think to myself, yeah, they're, they're finding different ways to lose. They're, they're not necessarily getting blown out, 
But uh, oh, there is a loss because of the power play. There's a loss because of goaltending. There's a loss because of the penalty kill. There's a loss because of cut out of poor check. Like they're in a lot of in five of their six games. I'm like, well, sometimes teams play just well enough to win. They they are playing just poorly enough to lose over and over. Yeah, that's a, you've you've simplified it for sure. I mean, but unfortunately, you're not too far off either. Uh, they, they found different ways. I thought yesterday's effort was really good. I really did. I thought I thought they played hard. I thought they did a lot of really good things. I thought the third line played well. The first two lines have been really good. Yeah, the PK's been tough. Uh, it was tough in that game. I know it was two for four, but it's really uh, Toronto was three for four with that late one. But nobody's PK'd well against Toronto. Look at the power play. It's like well over 40% right now. And then on this little four-game heater they got going they're at 50 percent so it's not just the oilers who can't kill a penalty against them it's everybody so i would love to see the oilers not take as many penalties although granted yesterday was a bit of a, a different bird uh, both ways for sure um <laughs> yes but yeah uh but yeah I, I i just want them to and i don't know if it's uh if it's a fragility uh with the team right now but I really like to see them finding ways to win because I, I think they're good enough to do that. And if they can find a way tomorrow, it would do a huge help to this team, I think, between their ears. And, yeah, and I'm going to get to something Dave Tippett said today about confidence. Hey, I, I know you're, you're doing some work here, so thanks for, uh, thanks for interrupting that to come on Inside Sports. Time. Hey, thanks for having a great show that is keeping me company while I get this stuff done. Right on. That is Cam Moon. Mooner, as we call him, on Inside Sports on 630 Chet with some uh, random goaltending memories, thanks to my list of uh, goaltenders drafted by the Oilers since 1990. Yeah, we'll get to some of those Dave Tippett comments. We'll talk a little bit about the penalty killing. Uh, You can chime in at 780-496-0063 to call or text back in a couple of minutes. Appreciate you tuning in tonight. Some text here, 780-496-0063. The Big L says, Reed, what about Sparky McBoogerton? Clearly a forward Big L. Another texter uh, says, uh, with all due respect, Wilkie, where are you going with this? Come on, man. I don't know that myself. You just got to roll with it. Another texter says, you're absolutely right. We haven't had a goalie since Joseph had season's tickets in the old days where we had all kinds of goalies who couldn't stop the first two shots of the game and then Morrison would be our shootout guy until Roley came along. Greg says, now, I, Greg, I think you mean Joaquin Gage, even though it autocorrected to Walking Gage. Joaquin would get a kick out of that. He says, Joaquin Gage, the shortest pads I've ever seen a goalie wear in my life. Well, I don't remember that. Uh, what else do I have here? And this texture says, uh, Jay, it's from Jason. He says, do you think the owner and general manager Holland will reprimand the coaching staff 
they reprimand the players. And since the playoffs are coaching staff making bad decisions has been affecting the players' morale, I hope before it's too late and we miss the playoffs again. Uh, I definitely do not think the owner would deal with the coaching staff. I, I would think Ken Holland would have discussions with the coaching staff. And uh, if Ken Holland thought something was really off, he would probably say, okay, uh, why are you using that player that way? Uh, what are you thinking with that decision? I, I do think general managers are hired to manage and coaches are, are hired to coach. So they generally try to stay out of each other's way. Though I think there are constant discussions about deployment, what happened in games, who, what players are doing what, how players can reach their potential. I, I think if it comes to a point where a general manager has to reprimand a coach, uh, he probably wouldn't be the the, uh, the coach anymore. Some text there to 7804960063. Uh, what do we have here? Okay, that was good to have Cam Moon on the show, by the way. Sorry, Kellen, I just thought you texted me, but you didn't. I know, are we doing Name the Animal later? We can do that later, yeah. Oh, we're doing Name the Animal later tonight. Well, it's a good thing I came into work today. By that, I mean walked upstairs to the spare room of my house. I asked Dave Tippett today, at times, you know, I wonder if the orders are pressing a little bit. There was uh, some lack of execution offensively, I thought, yesterday, where maybe players are a little nervous because they're so desperate to score or make a play. I asked Tip if that's something he sees. Confidence is earned. You earn confidence by playing well and winning games. If you're not confident, that means you're not playing well enough. Simple as that. When a player says, I have no confidence, to me, that's an excuse for not playing well enough. Right? So what are you going to do about it? You're going to play better. Play better and earn your confidence. The more confidence you have, the better you play. The better you play, the more wins you're going to get. Now, confidence isn't just about making plays. It's doing things smart, playing well as a team. You know, there's a lot of factors that go into confidence rather than just making a play here or there. So we winning builds confidence, and that's what we got to start doing more of to build confidence. I remember Drew Remender was on the show a few years ago, and he said, I hate it when players say I've lost my confidence. Drew said, you don't lose your confidence. You choose to give it away. I don't know if it's quite that simple. But I, I think if you have some things to fall back on and are, uh, are, are doing things that are expected of you and you expect of yourself, your, your confidence probably isn't going to waver. I, I do think some of what is plaguing the Oilers is between the years. And uh, I think they've become, I don't know if a nervous team is the right word, but they're certainly not a steady team. And again, there's times where we see them actually defend competently and, and do other things competently. And then there are times that it goes away. Now, Rob Brown made the point last night, maybe that's just who some of these players are, that they don't have that hockey IQ or that awareness or that experience to execute every time they're on the ice. Hopefully they can get it quickly if they don't have it. All right, the penalty kill is bad. Uh, here's the number, 72.4%. Fair comment by Cam Moon. They, they've played Toronto three times, and Toronto has a great power play. Still, Edmonton killed off a lot of great power plays last season when they were 84.4%. So they've dropped 12%. And then also remember, last night, Toronto scored a goal just as Kyle Turris' penalty expired. The Jets got one a few seconds after a penalty expired. Dave Tippett again talked about the penalty kill today. We've been talking about more pressure and getting quicker on it. Penalty killing is about having a will to get the job done, and there's some factors in it. One, when you get a chance to clear it, 
you got to clear it. And last night in that, on the winning goal, Yamamoto has a chance to clear it, easy clear, and we, we don't get it down. Those usually come back to bite you. The second one is you have it set up where you make sure you have people in lanes so if they're going to the net, they have a... It's not from a great angle, and you got people in the shooting lane, and you're trying to... Uh, make sure the shots if the shots coming through it's coming from a certain place and we're not as tight on that as we were last year and not near as good as being in lanes the winning goal last night uh, Caleb Jones is thinks he's in a lane but he's not in a lane to get in a lane you're gonna there's a good possibility you get hit with a puck and that hurts but it hurts to win and that's uh, and then the third part about it is oh, there's there's other parts. There's one, don't take dumb penalties, and then two, you need some saves on your. That's just the reality of it. Your goaltender has to come up with some saves. So that's how you have, we have a good penalty killing. You don't use it as much. You pressure. You're in lanes when you have to be, and you get saves. And we're not getting enough of all of that. So pressure, getting in lanes, getting saves. Last year, the Oilers were very good at pressuring on the penalty kill. And it's not always necessarily stealing the puck or knocking the puck away. It's pressuring a player, making him feel like he doesn't have a lot of time or limiting his options. And I think some of the teams that have penalty killed against the Oilers this year have done a good job against Edmonton. They know what the Oilers want to do. So you don't necessarily have to go at a guy and take the body or try to get to the puck, but you can squeeze him into an area of the ice where his options are limited. I thought the Leafs did that with McDavid along the right wing last night. A penalty killer would go at him from a certain angle, so McDavid has to back down against the boards, and now he's not in a position to shoot the puck, and really the only safe pass is to go back to the blue line. The Oilers haven't been doing that. Uh, Shane and Archibald last year were very good at doing that and then jumping on loose pucks and clearing them. Now, look, I, I totally understand them moving on from Riley Shane. He was not by any means a good five-on-five player, but he was a good penalty killer. Nobody's been as good penalty killing so far this season. And, and yeah, and getting in shooting lanes. And if you're on the penalty kill, you better be one of the shot the shot block leaders on your team. Because if you can block it and keep it away from the scoring area and not let a guy like Matthews just walk into that one and snap it to his spot, well, then that's going to help the penalty kill. So the Oilers haven't been doing that. And he mentioned a couple of other things. Don't take penalties. You knew going into the third period last night, the Leafs were going to get at least two power plays. They wound up getting three. They scored on two of them. The game was poorly refereed. Most of the calls went in favor of Edmonton. I mean, that slash that Kerfoot got on Adam Larson, I said to Rob last night, if that's a penalty, there should be 39 power plays a game. That, that was just an absurd call that would be to be made by an NHL referee. So the refereeing was bad, and it was in the Oilers' favor. I mean, even look at the power play totals. At one point, they had five. The Leafs had one. It ended up 7-4. So but anyway, you know that you're probably not going to get the benefit of anything close in the third period. So why is Josh Archibald hooking the guy's hands, right? Why, why do that on a rush where you have defenders back? You got you to gotta think. You got to be smart. And then the final thing Tippett talked about, you got to get some stops. And that's what we see from Koskinen. And to circle back to my, my original point, I think he's an NHL goaltender. But there really hasn't been uh, a game this year where the Oilers definitively 
won the goaltending battle. I guess you could say in the games that they won, he was he was pretty good for sure. I guess maybe the, the second game against Vancouver, he did a pretty good job. Um, you know, I think it was probably even the first game against the Leafs. The Oilers got a power play goal. So, again, I don't think he's a, a horrible goaltender. I don't think he should be out of the NHL. But... He's not a number one in the NHL. And even if Mike Smith were playing, were healthy, I wonder if we'd still be having the same conversation about the goaltending, except maybe Koskinen would have started six of the games and Smith would have started three or five and four. Because I'll tell you this, from what I heard from many of you before the season started, it wasn't Miko Koskinen you were worried about in the tandem. It was Mike Smith. And now there isn't a tandem at all, which is is in itself concerning. But I certainly got the sense Koskinen was inspiring more confidence than Smith going into this year. So a myriad of problems hurting the Oilers, and, and a lot of it is on the special teams. I, I, I agree that obviously they need to be better five-on-five. Five. They've had some pretty disappointing performances from new players. They're, they're still not getting enough offense from lines three and four. On and on we go. But just think if their penalty kill was even a couple of goals better. What if they get that game into overtime last night? That's another point. Maybe they win. That's another two. You know, what if they they kill something off against the Jets? What if they kill off what turned out to be the game winner against Toronto and that game gets into overtime? So that's the penalty kill. May Even, even with all the other problems and the five-on-five play and some of the poor checking and defending, if the penalty kill is even closer to what it was last year, they probably have at least two more points and maybe three or four. And after just nine games, that would make a pretty big difference. Okay, we got to call a quick timeout for the news and weather. The Oil Kings, they're going to be starting camp in a couple of weeks. We will visit with Brad Lauer, their head coach. The Oil Kings were having a great season last year when it was shut down. How are they looking this time around? How is Brad going to approach a 24-game season? That's coming up inside sports on Chet. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.